good at nothing else, Scott. I am good at segues. <laughs> it was perfect. It's time for History Matters. The one and only Scott Washington joins us in the studio this morning to catch us up on this week in history. How this are week, you? It's been such a bland week. We had nothing going on Absolutely in the news nothing and, at yeah, all, absolutely, no. Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah, totally. Except for elections, yes. which are a big part of things. And also, uh, we, we hear the kickoff to the uh, the holiday season and there's even Christmas trees here at University Mall already decorated. Which, by the way, <laughs> I'm surprised. I mean, you know, like, University Place has a reputation for being a dead mall because there's not a whole lot inside the mall. It's not a dead mall. There's a whole it's bunch not. of activity around. Active, yeah. Inside, though, you know, the number of storefronts are, is, is diminished from where it was a few years ago. So it's surprising to me that they got the Christmas decorations up earlier this year than they <laughs> usually do. It's usually specifically Veterans Day. Specifically yeah. November 11th has been the day right. that they got the, the trees up. And this year, they're already up. I don't know. Great for photo ops, so people come yeah. on down. And come on down. See yeah. where the worldwide headquarters of W. CHL <laughs> as well. Um, and you mentioned Veterans Day. Of course, that's being overshadowed. And typically, it wasn't the kickoff to the holiday season until after that. But mm. uh, that's not exactly the case this year. But it is something that we need to note. And North Carolina has some claim uh, to being the uh, having the longest recognized parade or celebration of Veterans Day uh, in Warsaw, North Carolina. And that's typically as you're going down to the coast on I-40 and you come to that break between the Coastal Carolina Plain and the Piedmont and Warsaw is there and uh, you can actually, there's a rest stop um, and you can pull off in there. But in the town of Warsaw, they actually have a parade longest running in the nation. And we certainly do want to recognize our mm -hmm. veterans, um, uh, both in our community and across the nation, and I think that's important. And 11 a.m. is the 11 11 at 11 a.m. is the the usual time, and there's going to be the ceremony up at uh, Orange the County. Yeah, that's right. Veterans Memorial up on yeah, Homestead so Road. So that's that's been very good. Bring umbrellas. Before. It will be raining, but they will be doing oh, the ceremony. Oh, that's right. Yes. Good point. Okay, there's um, something else uh, that occurs. Of course, <laughs> this week we have elections, and you're one of those people who can help unpack. You know, we think. Have there ever been such close elections in history? Well, let's talk about yes. 1800. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr, and what happened there? Because I, there was a tie, but ah, how did yes. that happen? So how, how deep do you want me to get into this? All right, election <laughs> of 1800. They had this great idea for the Constitution for how to elect the president and the vice president, right. but they did not, did not anticipate the creation of political parties. So whoever got the most electoral votes was going to win the presidency. Whoever finished second would get the vice it presidency. It sounds so simple. Very easy, but then as soon as political parties form, John Adams gets elected and his rival opponent, Thomas Jefferson, finishes second and becomes vice president, so they have this weird contentious relationship for four years, and then the political parties figure out, oh, we'll do running mates. Like, we'll have <laughs> one person from my party run for president, another person run for vice president, because right. every at the time, every elector in the electoral college just got two votes and they cast right. them for this person and that person. Uh, and that's how it worked. So they did that. Uh, Thomas Jefferson and 
Aaron Burr were the candidates on the one side. You had Charles, uh, John Adams, and I think Charles Pinckney on the other side. Not right. sure about yeah. that. Uh, Jefferson wins, and this is great. Uh, but now every single Jeffersonian party elector <laughs> goes to the electoral college and votes for Jefferson and Burr because that's what you're supposed to do. And now it's a tie. And Jefferson's the presidential candidate, and Aaron Burr's the vice presidential candidate. But it is a tie, and there's no way to right. determine. So they have to do the vote, or the, the goes to the the House of Representatives to to decide. And of course, Aaron Burr, being Aaron Burr, and you know, Aaron Burr goes down in history as a villain. But I think many because of us would be in a duel with Alexander right. Hamilton. He shoots him and yeah. kills him. Many yeah. of us would be tempted to do this, I think, in this situation. Aaron Burr is like, well, I'm the vice presidential candidate. But since I have the opportunity to be president, he starts campaigning and lobbying uh, members of the House of Representatives to uh, to vote for him until finally Alexander Hamilton, who's on the other side politically, steps in with his endorsement of Jefferson, who has been his rival the whole time. And then Jefferson does end up winning. But the fascinating thing about this is that all all that had to happen in the Electoral College was for one person uh, on the Jeffersonian side to vote for Thomas Jefferson and some other person, Mm. and then Jefferson would have finished first, Burr would have finished second. That didn't happen. But there was one Burr supporter in New York who had that idea and said, oh, I'll vote for Burr and some other guy, and then Burr will finish first, and Thomas Jefferson will finish second, and Burr will be the president. And the only reason that didn't work is because he cast his second vote for somebody else. Burr is from New York. The Mm -hmm. elector's from New York. He cast his vote for someone else also from New York, and there is a very obscure provision in Article 2 of the Constitution that says if you are an elector, you cannot vote for the for uh, two people from the same state for president and vice president. Mm-hmm. So his electoral vote got thrown out wow. and it ended up being a tie. But if he had just had the thought of giving his second crap vote to someone from Virginia or North Carolina or New Jersey right. or anywhere else, Aaron Burr would have won. Wow. Yeah. This is why right? we, we, like history gets so exciting. Like, And some of these races are getting that close that it has some of that element of real excitement of like yeah. what's going to happen. I just wasted all of our time talking no, about Aaron Burr. You, We've you got like, time for two more. Oh, okay. so. All right. Well, there is something you. this week uh, that's uh, a little bit more. It's part of the history, too. And that's on November 10th, 1898, uh, when yes. down in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, there was a small group of white supremacists that decided they did not like the election results, uh, which was a fusion party. It was an integrated uh, city, and they actually staged a coup d'etat with violence, uh, drove out uh, many of the leading African Americans of the city. Appeals to President McKinley fell on deaf ears, and the only time it really uh, that we know of in American history where a violent uh, insurrection did occur and overturned an election and installed a whole nother candidates and sent a signal throughout the entire South uh, not to be overturned for, oh, many, many years. Impacted politics oh, and government and society Huge. in North Carolina for yes. the entire century after that. Which is why uh, votes uh, matter and people matter. Um, and that's why when I look at uh, this week and I go, oh, is there some interesting people? There are. Uh, one uh, is uh, Mary Edwards Walker, 
uh, who was the first woman to receive the U.S. Medal of Honor in 1865. She had got her medical degree in 1855. She volunteered during the Civil War in the Union forces, turned down because she was a woman, but she was then employed as a contract surgeon. Uh, she not only was successful doing this during the Civil War for Union troops, she crossed over enemy lines to the Confederacy to treat troops there, captured, uh, treated as a prisoner of war until she finally re released. She, after the war, uh, they give her this Medal of Honor, which was wonderful. And then she becomes a person who's a writer and speaker uh, for uh, women's rights. And uh, then they, uh, the Army tried to take this away. They didn't do it for two other contract surgeons who were men. Uh, she refused to give it up, and then it was reinstated by the Army uh, in 1977. So that's a difference that somebody like that makes. And I think when we think of uh, uh, all the different people uh, that makes a difference, savings lives, who knows how many people when that uh, in Wilmington were suppressed uh, might have made a difference in saving lives. We don't, we will never know, and we try to keep uh, going. So I'm so glad to know about Aaron Burr and Thomas Jefferson, and as we look at uh, this week in history, uh, we'll all be sitting and uh, still looking at the results of uh, this election and uh, hope that it makes a difference in all our lives in positive ways. And that's how history matters. Scott Washington, thank, thank you so you, much. Thank you, Aaron.